from PRX. This is Studio 360. I'm Kurt Anderson. Americans are talking a lot right now about how male culture depicts and regards females. And it occurred to us that commercials that air during the Super Bowl aren't a place you would look for enlightened portrayals of women. I mean, if you'd been trying to raise your, I don't know, fourth grade son as a feminist, you might have steered him away from ads like this one in Super Bowl 36 for Bud Light. Honey, I've got the black teddy on. Yeah, okay. And I put the satin sheets on the bed. Yeah, yeah, be up in a minute. I've got cold Bud Light. This, of course, is when the husband gets interested and races up the stairs and dives onto the bed. But finally, a year ago, at at least one Super Bowl commercial was actually woke. It was an ad for Audi. What do I tell my daughter? Do I tell her that her grandpa's worth more than her grandma? That her dad is worth more than her mom? Do I tell her that despite her education, her drive, her skills, her intelligence, she will automatically be valued as less than every man she ever meets? Or maybe I'll be able to tell her something different. So that began 2017. Now, in this year of Me Too, will it be traditional retrograde, sexist or sexist-ish 30-second packages that we see at the Super Bowl, or maybe more feminist branding messages? I am only barely familiar with Super Bowls or TV ads these days, so I have brought in expert help. Janine Poggi is a writer for the magazine Advertising Age, and she is here to explain it all for me. Janine, welcome to Studio 360. Thanks for having me. So you have covered, uh, among other things, television advertising for for a while. Um, the Super Bowl is, right, the, the, the last vestige of, uh, of late 20th century America, right, a, a TV show that everybody watches. Yeah, it's about it. There's not a whole lot of live TV watching going on anymore these days. And, and and it's by, like, not an order of magnitude, but almost, I mean, uh, over 100 million people versus 10 million for a hit, regular hit TV show. 10 million if you're lucky. Yeah, it's over 100 million viewers for the Super Bowl last year, 111 million people watched. So it's really the only time where you're seeing people coming together and watching TV live, but they're not just watching the show live, the game live. They're also watching the commercials live. It's the one time of year people are not fast-forwarding or skipping the commercials entirely. I I didn't know until I was preparing to talk to you uh, that I had an entirely stereotyped view of who watches the Super Bowl um, that many, many millions more women in just the last few years watch and and that the audience is now half women? That's before 2009, it was about 30-something percent. Since then, it's, it's gone up drastically and now pretty much almost half. Interesting. Do we know why that is? More women watching football overall. There's just more of an interest. And it's become much more of a cultural phenomenon. You know, it's like watching a TV episode that you don't want to miss. And, you know, I think a part of that is the commercials, too. 
Um, shouldn't companies be worried about offending the audience with ads that can be seen as sexist or or retrograde, especially given that women, as we all know, make most of the household spending decisions? Absolutely. Any advertiser who this year goes into the Super Bowl with an ad that's showing, you know, women half-dressed or any of the stereotypes we've seen in the past, like the nagging woman, I think they're going to get a lot of blowback. We're going to listen to some of those uh, ads from, I guess, the Super Bowl Hall of Shame now. Uh, let's do. Uh, we, th- there's one from 2004, a Budweiser ad called Tune Out. Uh, Tune Out starts off uh, with a referee uh, being berated by a coach. A very close call. Could have gone either way. It was right on the line. Well, Ferguson's not too happy with it. I can tell you that much. Uh, he's beating him like a rented mule. <laughs> and the ref's just tuning him out. Boy, where do you train to take a beating like that? And then the punchline. The ref at home on the couch with his wife. He said, when's that porch going to get painted? And that litter box, it's been three weeks, three weeks. And to think I could have married Don Hoffman. And would it hurt for you to say that you love me once in a while? This, oh, the nagging wife was such an outdated, hackneyed trope. Then, way before then, what do you make of that? Interestingly enough, that one actually won USA Today's ad meter that year. So it was one of the more liked ads of the Super Bowl. During that time, the early 2000s, Budweiser, Bud Light, they add a bunch of ads that sort of played into those stereotypes. And it was still at a time where the Super Bowl was seen as a predominant place to reach a male audience. So they played into the tropes that they thought males could relate to. And yes, it was definitely, you know, overused at that point. But it was still a culture where this is what they thought the male audience would want to see. Right. And they were right in some respect if, if it was one of the the most favorite ads of uh, of the year. Here's another commercial uh, for the fast food chain Carl's Jr. featuring the model Charlotte McKinney from two or three years ago, 2015 Super Bowl, three years ago. Describe what we're seeing. So you have Charlotte McKinney. She is walking through a farmer's market. I love going all natural. And she looks like she's pretty much completely naked with just some strategically placed fruits and vegetables to uh, cover up certain parts. And at the end, of course, she takes a bite out of this hamburger. In my 100% all natural, juicy, grass-fed beef. Introducing the all And, you know, it's a pretty typical Carl's Jr. ad for the time. Right. And again, this is just three years old. In addition, uh, on the sexism meter, she, not only does she appear to be half naked, and not only are, 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 are men ogling her as she uh, walks by, but uh, one guy is spraying water with a hose, one guy is weighing two melons, and another guy is carrying a bunch of baguettes that look, to me, phallic. Do you think they rationalized it by saying, oh, no, it's just a spoof of that? Absolutely. I think that Carl's Jr. in particular, this was sort of their marketing strategy for a while. They've since changed course. Last year, they said that they were no longer going to be doing these types of ads, instead focusing more on the actual food and messages around the food itself versus women taking 
seductive bites out of cheeseburgers. So they've acknowledged, too, that times have changed and they've since reversed course. And, and do we think they really have or it's just like, uh, we don't want to face the blowback, so we'll give in? I think that's probably a big part of it. I think any of these marketers who have decided to change directions, it's less about what they think internally and more about what they think the perception is among their viewers and their consumers. I, I, it is hard, though, to imagine, especially this year, but maybe any year in the future, uh, an ad like that. I mean, are we past that? degree of quasi-pornographic advertising, do you think? I think you'd have to be pretty tone deaf to run an ad like that. And actually, the amount of sexual messages in ads in the Super Bowl have declined drastically. Uh, Just 6% of Super Bowl commercials over the last decade actually have had sexual messages um, from some research at Villanova University. So it's definitely, we're definitely seeing these less. I think the more obvious issue for for Super Bowl ads is just the actual lack of women in them. So uh, have there been other advertisers like Carl's Jr. that have said, okay, we're out of the hubba hubba sexism ad business? Anheuser-Busch, I think, while maybe they haven't been vocally saying we're gonna, going to change course, has certainly gone a different direction. If you look at their Michelob Ultra brand, which has aired Super Bowl ads the last couple of years, it's very much focused on uh, portraying both men and women athletes you know, in different lights, having different body types, featuring different types of women and men, different sports. And it's a, a much more diverse and inclusive type of ad. Even the Budweiser and Bud Light spots. They may be, you know, funny still and still touching upon that humor, but you don't see these same type of, you know, stereotypes and tropes that you saw a decade ago. It's not all just the Carl's Jr. Uh, go daddy kinds of things. There was a Super Bowl ad uh, for Best Buy a few years ago, uh, which seemed, I'm sure, to them like, oh, we're 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 being earnest, we're being virtuous. Uh, there was this ad called Innovators that you've written about, uh, and we'll play that if you can describe uh, that ad for us. I'm Philippe Kahn, and I created the camera phone. Yeah, so Best Buy highlighted some innovators uh, of technology. We turned your smartphone into a musical genius. And I turned it into a bank. All of the innovators that were featured in this spot were all men. The only women in the spot were the Best Buy employees. And we created a better way to buy a smartphone. Any phone, any carrier, and all of their plans with lots of unbiased advice. And I think those those type of ads are actually probably more dangerous than the overtly sexist one, sexy ones because they are inadvertently saying this is what the culture looks like. Right. Now, I maybe it's just me. I I know at least two women who have very senior jobs in advertising, but but is that is that part of the problem that there aren't uh, enough women making the choices creatively and otherwise in the advertising business? Absolutely. I think that's probably the the biggest problem that there are not enough women creating these ads and not enough women approving the ads in these positions. And when you have all males behind the camera directing the ads, uh, pitching the ads, what turns out is still in a male's voice, even as it looks to attract and speak to women. You know, the the Audi director last year for for the daughter ad uh, was female, and it was a right. rarity. And, it you know, we called it out last year because there are just so few women directors, and it speaks to why Audi had such a powerful message. What do I tell my daughter? 
Do I tell her that her grandpa's worth more than her grandma? That her dad is worth more than her mom? In addition to the Audi uh, ad, there was the one, the ad from uh, 2015, the, the Like a Girl ad for the Always brand of, of menstruation products, uh, which opens with, with teenage uh, teenagers reacting to prompts like, throw like a girl or run like a girl, and they act out the stereotypes. Here's a bit of that ad. Just do the first thing that comes to mind. Show me what it looks like to run like a girl. Oh, my hair. And then these younger uh, girls, these tweens, come in and, 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 and do it differently. My name is Dakota, and I'm 10 years old. Show me what it looks like to run like a girl. And she's just running. They're just running normally. Throw like a girl. They throw completely normally without that bend in the arm that we have taken to mean throwing like a girl. What does it mean to you when I say run like a girl? It means Run fast as you can. It, it gave me goosebumps the first time I saw it. It gave me goosebumps again uh, seeing it now. That was kind of groundbreaking to be shown at the Super Bowl, wasn't it? This was an incredibly powerful message, and you know, it, it really helped move the conversation forward of women in advertising and speaking to women in a different way than what marketers have always been used to speaking to women like. I, I wonder if in, in these ads, if, if we're now ready for another wave of, of, of feminist Super Bowl ads that are also funny. We haven't seen that yet, have we? I mean, it's it's as though they're, they're either sexist and comedic or, or feminist and earnest. I think that the closest we've got to that was the uh, Melissa McCarthy Kia ad from last year. Hey, Melissa, the whales need your help. I love whales! Go, Melissa! What I liked about that is typically when you see a woman celebrity starring in a Super Bowl ad, most of the time there's actually a man in a starring role as well. You know, last year I, d- I did some analysis and actually 14 Super Bowl ads didn't include any women at all. Not in the background, not like walking by, just no women. And only one lacked any men. So there's this idea that there needs to be male support for any females that are starring in these ads, and I think that the Kia ad went away from that. Hey, Melissa, now the rhinos need saving. Rhinos! And she's not only in the you know starring role, a very comedic tone, but she's not in a, a typical scenario. You know, she's running around trying to save the world on all these different types of adventures, and it just is a different message that we're not used to seeing in the Super Bowl. So I, I remember last year's Super Bowl, uh, which was right after uh, President Trump was inaugurated, and there were ads that were pretty explicitly pro-immigration. Do you think now that he's president and he has been, for instance, whipping up all this uh, backlash over the NFL players taking a knee, that advertisers are going to steer clear of of politics this year? I do think for the most part that advertisers are going to play it safe, appeal to the more lighthearted nature of the game, and kind of just have fun with it versus, you know, make political statements. Right. They always run the risk of alienating consumers. There's a whole, you know, half of the country that may not agree with them. And I think it's a risky bet when you're talking about a platform like the Super Bowl. Right. So so we, we they won't offend people by having uh, – uh, 
naked models uh, being ogled by men anymore. But but on the other hand, they won't offend people by being too outspoken in the in the in the feminist cause either. Yeah, I think it's about playing it safe this year. Janine, thank you very very much. Thanks for having me. Janine Poggi writes about television advertising for Ad Age. Thanks for listening, and you can subscribe to Studio 360 at iTunes or Overcast or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts.